Hello, everyone. This is Mike Linstead, president and co-founder of the Nehemiah Project, and you are listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast, where we replace hopelessness with hope. Today, we're recording episode 10 of our weekly snippet of encouragement, and I'm here with Pastor Chad. Chad, how you doing? What's up, Mikey? Well, I'm excited to jump into this because we're getting in, into a little bit more of the general sort of yeah, proverbs. The wisdom literature, if you yes. will. Yes, and so... You know, the, the previous nine chapters have mm-hmm. kind of had these themes running through them. And, mm-hmm. you know, we talked a lot about what those themes were. But now we're jumping into the Proverbs of Solomon. And um, these are specifically written by Solomon. Um, and he wrote, a, apparently he wrote the chapters from chapter 10 all the way to chapter 22. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to hear directly from a man that the Bible says was the wisest man that ever lived. Yeah, of course, not including Christ Himself, but right. I mean, Solomon had deep wisdom. Yeah, he prayed for wisdom, and the Lord granted him. Yeah, wisdom. Yeah, his prayer and his uh, story are are encouraging and interesting. You know. Yeah. Um, so we, without talking about you know just that subject, where we could talk about that for a long time, mm-hmm. um, we'll dive into the proverbs today. And like I've already mentioned, they're they're just sort of just general proverbs. So if they yeah. seem like they don't have a consistent theme. That's okay. Uh, I, I, what I, one thing I've noticed, Chad, is that you see themes pop up throughout all of these ensuing chapters. Yeah, you know, you kind of Solomon is sort of circling around topics rather than mm-hmm. just sort of focusing on one topic. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so we're gonna read all of them in this chapter. There's 32 of them, uh, and then I guess we can kind of circle back and talk about ones that stand out to us as the Lord leads us here. Yeah. All right, so I'll uh, we're gonna read it in like a popcorn style. So I'm gonna read one. Chad's gonna read one, and we're gonna go through all of the proverbs like that. There's 32 of them. So starting in chapter 10, I'll read the first one. It says, "The Proverbs of Solomon: A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son a sorrow to his mother." 10:2 says, "Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death." The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. Blessings are on the head of the righteous, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. The memory of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. The wise of heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Whoever winks the eye causes trouble, and a babbling fool will come to ruin. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up strife, but but love covers all offenses. On the lips of him who has understanding, wisdom is found. But a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. The wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool brings ruin near. A rich man's wealth is his strong city. The poverty of the poor is their ruin. The wage of the righteous lead to life, the gain of the wicked to sin. Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life. But he who rejects reproof leads others astray. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. 
When words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is of little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. with it. Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. What the wicked dreads will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. When the temptest passes, the wicked is no more, but the righteous is established forever. Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who send him. The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. The hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. The way of the Lord is a stronghold to the blameless, but destruction to evildoers. The righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not dwell in the land. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked, what is perverse. All right, so that's all 32 <clears throat> verses, and yeah. I did notice a clear division there. Yeah, so a few patterns. Right. One of the divisions, I guess, what well, I, I found actually it was the same division, but it was really just different words they were using. Mm. So the division is between good and evil, right? Yeah. The righteous, the wicked, the rich, the poor, um, the wicked. Mm -hmm. I think I already said that one. What else do we got here? The fear of the Lord uh, contrasted with the years of the wicked, right? Or that categorical wicked statement, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what else did you see there, Chad? Or what are some of the ones that sort of <clears throat> stuck out to you? There's a lot. Yeah. Well, we know Solomon does not like a babbling fool. He, <laughs> he talks about him twice. Right. <laughs> a babbling fool comes to ruin, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we see him talk a lot about a sluggard, about poverty. A slack hand causes poverty in verse 4. Um, he, he talks about, um, in verse 26, like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes. Mm -hmm. So is the sluggard to those who send him. And so just the, the sin of uh, being lazy you know, mm -hmm. and, and self-indulgent. We also see a lot about words, right? The yeah, the words of a fool versus the words of a righteous person. Right, and I like verse 19 where it says, when words are many, transgression is not lacking. Yeah. But whoever restrains his heart is prudent. Let's talk about that one for a second. Yeah. Uh, actually, it says whoever restrains his lips is prudent, mm -hmm. not his heart. Yeah, so <clears throat> one of the indicators of a prideful heart is talking too much. Mm. Um, we use this in counseling a lot because usually in the focus of the the talk is about oneself. Mm -hmm. And so someone who's consumed with themselves or about themselves and talks a lot about themselves, mm -hmm. talks a lot. Well, when the heart is full of pride, well, sin is going to come on the lips, right? right? And so it's just inevitable. The more you talk, right? right? Yeah. Sin is going to come. Right. Whereas prudent, whoever restrains his lips, the person who... Because wisdom is marked by one who thinks first, contemplates, allows our thoughts and beliefs to be filtered through the Word of God, doesn't just say whatever comes to mind. In our culture, it seems to be almost a badge of honor of like, I just say whatever I feel, whatever I think. That's what Little Wayne did in the studio. He didn't even write it down. Yeah. He just came in freestyle. <laughs> just, just did it. That was his badge of honor. <laughs> right. And um, that's not a 
a good thing. It's not a godly thing. A godly person restrains their lips. They think through in their heart, okay, yeah. does this thought honor God? Are my emotions right? How should I respond even to someone who is sinning against me? The Bible talks about all those things. So yeah. someone who's wise and humble is one who is a peacemaker, who thinks, mm-hmm. who's slow to speak. The Bible says in James 4, right, or in James 1, be slow to speak, slow to anger, right? Um, don't don't just let your words yeah. come babbling out as the fool would. Yeah, know? let me speak to that uh, again from another book mm-hmm. that was written by, most likely written by Solomon, the book of Ecclesiastes, and it's in chapter five. And um, this, actually, I'll just be honest, This ver- these verses really scared me when I was a, a beginning believer. Yeah. Um, actually, when I got, got a little older in my faith, but mm-hmm. looked back at some of the things I said um, when I was a young believer mm-hmm. about, you know, what I was going to do, uh, <laughs> you know, for God, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and so I re- these actually caused me to repent. Um and I'm thankful for God's grace, but I, I do want to read uh, chapter five, verses one through seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, along the same lines, you know, the, the point of what we're getting at here is when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but mm-hmm. whoever restrains his lips is prudent. So Ecclesiastes five, verses one through seven say, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For a dream comes with much business and a fool's voice with many words. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay in paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Let not your mouth lead you into sin, and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy Mm -hmm. the work of your hands? For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity, but God is the one whom you must fear. Mm -hmm. And so clearly we see that same principle Mm -hmm. being, being expounded there, that let your words be few, especially when you're in the house of God, when you're speaking to God, um, you can't, you can't fool him. You know, and so this is one for me personally that has, you know, um, obviously helped me to repent. Yeah. You know, I, I'll be the first to tell you I'm a prideful person, you mm-hmm. know, much more so when I first came to Christ than I would say now, simply because his word has had its effect, you mm-hmm. know, um, but I'm still working on pride on a daily basis. Mm. And so when I read Proverbs ten nineteen or Ecclesiastes 5, 1 through 7, and I see the seriousness mm-hmm. at which the Bible addresses um, too much talk, you know, it, it definitely gives me a, a pause to, of restraint there. Uh, one of the other ones that I think is very um, illuminating as far as the truth is concerned is, is verse 17. Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, mm. but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. Mm. You know, think about that for a second. Is on the path to life. What does Jesus say about the narrow gate, right? And the, <laughs> and the wide gate and this, yeah. whole, this whole notion of being on the right path or I could even say it in another way, knowing the will of God for your life, right? Knowing what God's will is, right? That is synonymous yeah. with the path of life, right? Right. So let's talk about that for a bit. Yeah, he, he tells us to strain, 
strive to enter through the narrow door. For right. many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, open to us, then he will answer you, I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and we drank in your presence, <clears throat> and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth yeah. when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves are cast out. And people will come from the east and from the west and the north and south and recline at table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some are who are last will be first and some who are first will be last. And so this is from Luke, right? Luke 13, verses 22 through 30. Yeah. And what Jesus is saying there, that, that idea of striving or straining comes from the Greek word. Um, Agonizo. Yeah. It means agonize. agonize. Right. That'd be to agonize. And so, and it's not that the way to Christ isn't a free gift. It is. But the straining, the striving is the, is the moral work that comes out of a heart that's driven by the gospel. Meaning if the Holy Spirit is inside of you, there should be a desire to follow Christ and a fighting against our flesh to yeah. strain and strive to to follow Christ and deny ourselves. That's what Christ is saying, that if you love me, you will obey me, he says in John 14. Mm-hmm. Right? That comes with it. The fruit, the the evidence of a changed heart is a changed life. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I and I, I love how Proverbs um says it, you know, you know you're on the path to life when when you're when you're one who heeds instruction, mm-hmm. right? And it goes on to talk about, you know, a prideful heart a lot in the yeah. book of Proverbs. And one of the indicators um that we're going to read as we walk through this entire book of a prideful heart is rejecting um re- a rebuke, you know, not accepting a rebuke, not listening to your to to a friend or a mm-hmm. teacher or yeah. an authority figure that is you know, calling you out <laughs> for yeah. lack of a better way of saying sure. it out of love, you know, trying mm-hmm. to show you that, Hey, you're not on the path that leads to mm-hmm. life. You know, um, just I'll read the Matthew version of, of that Luke passage yeah. that you read. Cause he just summarizes it. Jesus says in Matthew seven thirteen through 14, enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy. That leads to destruction. Mm-hmm. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that yeah. leads to life. And those who find it are few. Well, one of the ways that Proverbs is telling us that we can be assured that we're on the path to life is through humility. Having That's a right. humble heart is an indicator that, hey, mm-hmm. you're on the right path. That's right. Well, verse 8 here in our proverb today, the wise of heart will receive commandments. Yes. But a babbling fool will come to ruin. You know, that... We see that babbling, the talking too much, all that kind of stuff shows that indication of a prideful, foolish heart. Yes. And so the last kind of theme that I noticed here that I want to just lightly touch on is the work aspect and the wealth aspect, right? Yeah. There's a couple of, of different ones. I mean, the second one says, treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness mm-hmm. delivers from death. I mean, clearly there we're not just talking about a monetary um, perspective. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's... Life and death. That first half there, treasures gained by wickedness, right? So if you're 
sole goal in life is to get rich. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to do it necessarily in a moral way, right? Yeah. If that's your ultimate goal, you could make a lot of money not being a moral person, yeah. right? You mean get rich and die trying is not a good thing to do? Yeah, get rich and die trying. <laughs> I mean, 50 Cent, you know, was a, that was he made a lot of money off that album, but, you know, I yeah. don't know where he is in his faith life. I think he's actually been converted. I think I heard that somewhere, Really? But I don't know. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but the point is, don't get money over all things, right? Right. He says here in Proverbs 2 that righteousness delivers from death. You know what you don't get to take to with you in your death? Treasure. All that paper dollar money you made here on earth. That's right. None of that goes with you. That's right. And you're going to be standing before God Almighty, mm-hmm. butt naked before <laughs> God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you, you will be bare. He will yeah. see everything. Yeah. He will see you for who you are. Right. It's That's a, what I mean by that. It's the real naked and afraid. Yes. You know? It's the you have you can't hide. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to hide behind. God Almighty will see you, and you will know that He sees you. Yeah. That's the thing is He sees you right now. That's right. But we we deceive ourselves into right. thinking that no, you don't you don't see me. No, no, no. Right. No, you will be standing there before God, mm-hmm. and only righteousness will deliver you mm-hmm. and me. Death. Yeah, doing things in secret or in the dark is a self-deception. It's a belief in God that He can't see what you're doing, which is, if you read Scripture, it's, it's uh, idiotic thought. It's yeah, it's <laughs> an sees, thought. He sees everything. Yeah. So there is no such thing as I'm going to do something in secret. You can keep secrets from other people, mm-hmm. and you can think to yourself that you're doing something in secret, but make it known that He He sees all. And only righteousness will deliver you from the judgment. Um, mm-hmm. The other one here that that was that was talking about wealth, um, th- verse twenty two: the blessing of the Lord makes rich, and He adds no sorrow with it. Mm-hmm. Or another translation here it says, and uh, and He and toil adds nothing to it. Now let's talk about that a little bit because mm. it, does it mean if I follow Christ, I'm going to be rich? No. Okay, not so I, I'm not going to get rich if I become, uh, uh, or if I get the blessing of the Lord, necessarily. Right. The blessing of the Lord is is one of a eternal value, first and foremost, right? The blessing of the Lord is to know the Lord, and the Lord would be with you through in, in and all things. But the Bible is very clear that, that those who are expected to follow God are ones who are definitely going to face persecution and trial. Jesus mm-hmm. says that, take up your cross and follow me. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. Mm-hmm. Um, James 1 says, consider joy when you meet trials of various kinds. It is just an expectation that trials of life are coming. Right. So whether or not you have monetary wealth has nothing to do with having the blessing of the Lord. Right. It is true that in Matthew 6 that the principle is that God cares for you and he will take care of you in the ways that you need to be taken care of. That that means, you know, a roof over your head and food on the table. It well, doesn't sure. mean... I mean, if you live in a country like America where Christianity is yeah. not overtly persecuted yet, I mean... Just generally speaking, if you follow the commandments of the Lord, you're probably going to be somewhat well off. You know what I mean? Yeah, if, you're, you, if you're working hard, you're, you're good with yeah. your money, et cetera, et cetera. You but, should be able to pay your bills, yeah, have a, have a roof okay. over your head, food on the table, and that's all you need right. in this life. So there is no... You don't get uh, a, G, a G6? Yeah, there's no, that's not, that doesn't mean that you're more blessed than someone else. Uh, honestly, you may be less blessed. You, God may have given you away to your passions, and, that, and that's another warning of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um but, but it sometimes says here that, that that it adds no no sorrow to it, so it doesn't mean right. that it, the blessing of God makes you rich and it's going to be e- we're getting wealth just going to be easy. You just mm-hmm. speak it into existence. Yeah. You just increase your faith and believe it and speak right. it. That, that's not what that means. No. Okay. 
just want to make sure. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's be let's be clear. But yeah. but again, the whole the whole primary thrust of scripture, right, mm-hmm. is about what happens when you die, yeah. right? I mean, this is all transient. This is mm-hmm. all going away, right? And like we just said, treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, right. but righteousness delivers from death. So even mm-hmm. if you have money or if you don't have money or whatever, right. that's not even the main focus. It's of not, yeah, that's not the point of this. And yeah. if you have a right biblical theology or a right lens that you're looking at scripture, you understand that there's a bigger picture happening here. There's a war between two kingdoms, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of darkness. And so when the Bible's talking about blessings and the Lord and knowing the Lord, it has very little to do with worldly wealth and gain. and has everything to do with God's blessing of righteousness and knowing him and a relationship with him. Now, does he sometimes allow you to have more uh, possession? Sure. sure. Um, is it true that the principles of working hard and all the things like you talked about means that you'll probably not be homeless? Sure. Um, but everything that God gives us is a tool to be stewarded for his glory. Right. So if he's given you little or if he's given you much, it's just more responsibility yeah. to steward that, to advance his kingdom, his overall rule and reign. And purpose for all of creation is that his image would be spread throughout the entire kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so if you've been given more financial wealth, then you have a bigger responsibility to make sure that the gospel is going forth throughout all the nations, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, before you worry about your next vacation home, you might want to think, how much have I used this to to advance God's kingdom? Right, right, right. And so... Thank you for listening to another episode of our weekly snippet of encouragement. Yeah, yeah. We're going to move on to Proverbs 11 next week. So please continue listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast. For more resources about addiction recovery, suicide prevention, and overcoming other life-controlling issues, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, tnproject.org. If you or someone you love is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out to us by calling 985-205-3022.